Welcome to the Grace Life Fellowship Podcast. Hey, before we get started with today's episode, we wanted to tell you about something special going on at Grace Life tomorrow, Sunday, May 24th. From 4.30 to 6.30 p.m. in the Grace Life parking lot, dinner is on us. We're having sort of a drive-through style dinner pickup. It's completely free, individually packaged dinners prepared by our cooking team. They're making 600 plates. So 4.30 to 6.30 or until they run out, we'd love to see you. Um, Please help us spread the word, text a friend, let them know what's happening, and we hope to see you there. All right, on today's episode, we have Pastor Tim back with Jesse to talk about being holy. We hope you enjoy it. Here's Jesse. Welcome, everybody. This is Jesse. I'm here with Tim. How you doing, Tim? I'm good. How are you? Good. How's the quarantine? Well, we're, we're working through it just like you are and everybody yeah. else, and I hope everybody out there understands that um, God is still on His throne, and we're gonna we're gonna get through this. Yeah, it kind of feels like a, a Groundhog Day or like a never-ending Thanksgiving meal with your family. <laughs> I know. So, I, I tell my wife every day is Friday. <laughs> you know, yeah. like <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's <laughs> only feels... it, I, there's only three days in the week. It's yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That's it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. <laughs> Yeah. That's it. Well, we're just eating over here, man. We're just we're hanging out with family and eating. That's all. Hey, we're that doing. that that sounds like two of my favorite things, though. So you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's just not healthy for me. <laughs> <laughs> when we get back together, we'll get on some sort of plan. How about that? Let's do it. Let's do okay. it. Okay. So today, let's talk about being holy. Uh, what that means. First Peter one thirteen through sixteen says. Therefore, preparing your minds for action and being sober-minded, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance, but as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Yeah, it's a, it's a great passage. Um, you know, it's it's easy to focus on what on the imperatives in it, and and we should, right? The yep. imperative means there's a command here. There's there's something that that God and through Peter in this case has in it for us that is uh, a command. It's imperative in the in the Greek language. And then what do we do with that? Well, a command, uh, an imperative is really when we understand that we have been united to Jesus Christ, that we are His children, and, and it's all throughout the passage you just read, a command is really revealing uh, an inward desire that has been placed into us, and now the command really is calling it out from us, right? right. So, so I'll put it this way. God is calling us to be holy in all our conduct, because he has made us holy in our identity, right? So it's totally logical for God to say, hey, this is what conduct should reflect. It should reflect who I've made you to be. So when when we hear the passage, this quote out of Leviticus, be ye holy, even as I am holy, instead of hearing that as a motivation to try to attain to something, how about it being a reminder to release or express what's already been gifted to us? Does that right. make sense? Yeah, I mean, it's saying set your hope fully on the grace that will be 
brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ or at the moment of salvation, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, th this is based on on us hoping this assured thing in His grace. Yeah. But but even the way the passage began, therefore preparing your minds for action, meaning this is a mindset because God has done it. Now He says, set your mind to it, just like in Romans 12, right? Verse 2, it says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world. Here in Peter, it says, um, to this former ignorance. Don't be conformed to our former ignorance or the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? Yeah. Here it says, gird your mind up for action. Prepare for action in your mind. Be sober-minded, meaning be grounded in your thinking. Um, set your hope fully on Him. This is all, this is all the charge to believe what God has done. Right, right? right. You say and, gird your mind up? Gird. Like like that, they would gird that, their loins. What translation or, <laughs> is that? <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's the NAS. That's interesting. That's an interesting yeah. way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, it was the picture, you know, before, uh, you know, in, in, in these big biblical times, they would wear the robes. And before they would go run, they would have to pull their robe up, gird it, right? Pull up that robe so that they could freely move. There's an idea here, like prepare your mind for action, right? right? I mean, this, yeah. this battle of believing God who is unseen versus versus believing only this world which is seen or the flesh which we experience. Um, it's a battle of the mind. And so don't be conformed to the old pattern. Don't, don't live in the old ignorance. We have been given truth now. Set your mind, get it ready for action for this battlefield so that we can now be fully equipped and prepared. And, and what's, the, what's the end goal? I, I love verse 14, what it says. As obedient children, right? Yeah. Well, what, what does that tell you? What's the description? What kind of children are we talking about? How does God see us? Right, we're already obedient. Jesse, just consider that for a second. When God describes you as his beloved child, one of the adjectives he can put in front of there is my obedient child. How many times in your life, in your day, in your week, are you going, I just wish I could obey better, right? <laughs> well, well, yeah. well, let's let's let's. Gird our mind up for action. God says I'm obedient. He uses it as a description of who I am, not as a description of only how to act, right? Yeah. The only way you can act obedient is to believe at the core you have been made obedient. The only right. way you can act holy is to believe at the core God made you holy. Otherwise, every command, every imperative that God gives us is a calling us to be what we are not. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely an underlying, uh, like an essence of of change in the in the way that he puts it, because he says, "As obedient children, it's like a new identity. Do not be conformed to the passions of your former ignorance." That's right. Speaking of your past now, so it's it, there has he's he's definitely drawing a line in the sand and saying, "This is who you are now. So don't act like what you used to be. You that, know, that's overcome. right. Overcome." Yeah. The, Former, former ignorance is an interesting phrase, right? right. Um, you can engage in what you used to be ignorant about. Yeah. But the reason it's a former ignorance is because we receive the one who's the embodiment of truth, 
right? right. We are no longer ignorant when it comes to what we need to be prepared for and equipped for. We have what it takes because we have Jesus Christ. And so we face an uncertain world with the certainty of being fully equipped in Him. And that's that's our hope, right? So, so like in raising children, I want to raise my kids in the affirmation of who they are. Hey, when I discipline my kids, I'm not disciplining them because they're disobedient children. I'm disciplining obedient children that don't act obedient all the time. Right, not act like who they are. That's exactly right. It's right. a it's totally a whole mindset shift for me and for them. Now, I don't know how much how well they get it. I don't know how well I get it all the time in terms of my relationship with God, but it's the truth we we press on towards so that we live in the freedom and joy of knowing that our God approves of us on the journey. Super yeah. important. Yeah, that's awesome. I think the 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 scary thing about this verse for me is as soon as I read it, it feels like law. Yeah. You know, like you know, watch my conduct and um, you know, prepare your mind for action, and it it feels like a command, like something that, um, you know, setting your hope fully on the grace, and it just feels like I got to get up and do something. It feels like I'm I'm being held to a certain standard. Yeah. Um, but what you're saying is that that standard is who I am already, and that anything other than that is below what I already am. That's a, well, so meeting meeting the standard would be just being myself. You met the standard when God did what you could never do. He yeah. gifted you. He graced you with His righteousness, right? So, yeah. so we, yes, we we are the standard bearers now because God brought us to that point. And so, every command is consistent with what God has done within you. That's why in Philippians it says, work out your salvation. Hey, I put this in you. It's time to work it out of you, right? It's time for it to be expressed so that we our conduct lines up with our true identity. Right. Um, the, yeah, the process we are in is not becoming more holy in identity. It's actually revealing how holy we became the moment we received Jesus Christ. That And we're growing in that, in our attitudes and our actions. So what's progressing in us is our behavior, but but we need to know that we are complete and righteous and holy as we as we behave, right? Yeah. So and, so what does it look like for our conduct to be holy? Well, the fruit of the spirit, right? Love, yeah. joy, peace, okay. all this. So it's it's all the things that we we used to talk about as a measuring stick of whether God would approve of us or not, right? Yeah, because oh, I mean, I think I think most people read this and they think of holiness as like a barometer as far as yeah, you know, how holy can you be? What makes you more holy? Is it right. uh, are we are we climbing the the holy ladder? To heaven, right? And who's right. going to get there first? And who's going to have the most crowns? And that's right. So you, who's going to have the biggest room? <laughs> yeah, whose mansion's bigger and who's right. you know? Yeah. So so you, you see what we what we have done in this idea is we've taken we've taken these these spiritual realities and we have kind of made them earthly in their understanding. We we we're competing with them. Hey Jesse. Are you, are you being as holy as me? I read my Bible for an hour today. You only read it for 45 minutes. And all of a sudden, we're, we're back into this performance-based acceptance 
we think, with God. And the yeah. reality is God accepts you fully in the person of Jesus Christ. He made you holy. He made you righteous. There's nothing else that is needed to complete you. You are complete, Colossians 2 says. You are perfect in him, right. and he is perfectly related to you. Now what do we want to see happen? Well, I would love for my attitudes and my actions to line up with this reality. Well, yeah, that's common sense, right? That's, yeah, because it is the end goal. Well, sure. It's, I mean, it's, I, I want to live like who I am, right? right? right. Um, it's, it's everything a parent wants from his child. Hey, this. do you ever want your children to think that you do not approve of them and hope that that would make their behavior change? We, we, don't, we don't thrive when we seek for approval that puts us yeah. under the strain of burden and law. Mm-hmm. So so why do we as the church think what we're really after is the approval of God? No. Yep. L- look at the finished work. We have God's approval. Yeah, the letter kills. That's right. Yeah. Right? We so so rather than seeking to get approval, let's believe we've got God's approval. Now that's going to take some faith, right? Cuz how do you feel that way all the time and 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 this world's not going to affirm that for you all the time and the flesh wants to lie to you about that and the power of sin and so the opponents our enemies want to trip us up and kill steal and destroy what God has established but the reality is we are approved of completely and perfectly by our heavenly father and it's from that starting point that we now get to go behave and I start to express life differently. I start to behave in a ma- matter, manner of consistency with who I've been made to be, right? Yeah. And, and that's, there's real freedom in that. There's real freedom in that. Yeah. Just walking is who you are. Whole, yeah. So holy conduct is just me waking up, brushing my teeth, drinking my it, coffee. Yeah. Or now, vice versa. I, yeah, now, now I'm not saying, now only if that coffee has two <laughs> two sugars and cream in it. I, I like what goes in coffee better than the coffee, right? Right. But, but you, know, you know, when we think about um, conduct, we don't need to be afraid of that in, in this conversation in grace. So many times we think, oh, as soon as we start talking about conduct or performance, oh, grace means conduct doesn't matter. No, grace yeah. doesn't excuse conduct. It empowers it. Right? right or yeah, it should. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so, so listen, listen to what Titus says. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, teaching us to live soberly, parallel passage, and righteously in this present age, teaching us to deny ungodliness. I'm paraphrasing, yep. but but grace doesn't excuse ungodliness, and it doesn't let us live however we feel like. It teaches us to live consistent with who we are and who God is in us. And it's grace that does that. Yeah. Yeah, so many people's idea of grace is it's what God does because we sin. He'll grace us and forgive us and show mercy. Well, look, it includes all that, but grace is much greater than that. It's this resurrection power life within us to live the way we have been called to live based on who God made us to be in union with himself, right? Yeah. It's it's the hope that is within us, right? Yeah. Christ, our life, not just our Savior, not just our Redeemer. He is our very life. 
And so we, we have this power, the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is alive in you right now. Doesn't it only make sense that you having this powerful life within you, you being made righteous in identity, doesn't it just stand to reason that what God would call out from you is all that he placed into you? That's not law. That's right. love. Yeah, right. that's the essence of love. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I put it in you. Let's let's let it come out. Yeah. Now, now walk. Yeah. Now walk. Yeah. Walk in that. Yeah. Absolutely. And if that's awesome. and if anybody's out there and they go, they hear these kinds of passages and they go, oh, there's so much pressure to get it right and do right and 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 be perfect before God. Can can I just encourage you that this is what Jesus did for us. He got it right, he's perfect, and then he gifted us with his righteousness and made us righteous so that we start by having God's approval, and now we can go conduct ourselves in a way that proves it so, rather than tries to acquire it. That's the freedom of this walk. Amen. Good news. Amen. Well, thanks, Tim. Thank you, Jesse. Great to be with you. You too. All right. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. We'll be back again with another edition of Conversations in Grace next Friday. And don't forget, dinner is on us tomorrow, 4.30 to 6.30 in the Grace Life parking lot. Text a friend, tell them about it. We hope to see you there. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.